Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Other horn is going. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus, big play football. Everything with an attitude. Got a balance. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let you make a play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, it wasn't pretty, and it came with some considerable side effects, but Alabama bested the Huskies to advance to Tampa. Sometimes good enough is good enough, right? Man, right now all that matters is to go forward, and uh, obviously we would have loved to have, you know, hung it on them. Um, considering they lost to USC, uh, we definitely should have, uh, the margin of victory would have been nice for it to be bigger. Uh, but right this second in the big scheme of things, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. No, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, in, in any time you're in a playoff situation the name of the game is, you know, win in advance. And so, you know, putting on 24, you know, I'll give Washington uh, a lot of credit. They played a, a, a really sound, uh, defensive game. I think Alabama did. Uh, as well. But uh, yeah, 24 to 7. Would have liked a bigger margin than that. Frankly, expected a bigger margin than that. But uh, I'll take one more point than they've got, and uh, we get to live to, to play another day. What jumped out of to, uh, out of you on offense? You know, man, I, I, I hate to be a broken record, but, you know, early in this game, um, I felt like there was um, there was lots of times that, that Jalen was calling his own number. Um, and, you know, pulling the ball down and, and, and not handing the ball off or not pitching the ball on the sweep. And, you know, I, I went back and saw numerous plays that, you know, would have been nice big gainers, um, easy first downs, move the chain. And um, I don't know if he's just not comfortable with the, with the zone read and if he's just not comfortable with like, when am I supposed to hand it off and when am I supposed to keep it? But, you know, they, they talked about how this is a whole different game plan, a whole different scheme than he ran with his father, who's, you know, who's who was his coach in high school. And so, you know, there's too many weeks I'm seeing this over and over and over again that, oh, if you would have handed the ball there up the middle, he would have gotten 10 yards. But you kept it and went around the tackle and took a loss of three yards. And I, I just see it too many times to 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 think that it just must be a lack of comfort or a lack of understanding or just a combination of several things because um, this is the Jalen Hurts I've seen for many weeks now. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he's getting better. Uh, I, I don't think that – I don't think he's progressing. I think had Bo Scarborough not been there, um, you know, this this would have been a very, very tight ball game. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you on that. I think that, you know, while the running game, you know, was the predominant, you know, force, you know, 78% of the play calls 
rushes. But uh, you know, Jalen had his had as many attempts as Bo. Uh, both had nineteen, and and there were certainly, I agree, a number of times where Jalen would have done well to to hand the ball off. I don't know what the what is. I don't know if he's uncomfortable. I don't know uh, if, if I, I don't know what that what is. But but and as much as I hate this, hate to use the word, I just feel that he has regressed as the season uh, has has gone on. You know, he started out uh, the season. Uh, more accurate passing, reading reading the plays a little bit better, and uh, and and sort of there was a pinnacle there in the season. You know, pick a game where he really really uh, stood out. Tennessee might be might be one of those games, and there's been there's certainly been others where he performed very well. But uh, you know, this was one, this was one of his lesser outings. And you know, is it him? Is it the play calling? I don't know. And to some level, I don't I don't really care. But let's talk about Bo because Bo, um, I mean, Tommy, is that the best we've seen him play at Alabama? No, it is, man. And, um, you know, Bo is th- – this is what the hype was at the beginning of the season. Yes. He's as big as Derrick Henry. He may be even a little bigger than Derrick Henry. He's equally as fast, if not a little faster. Um, I think yards after contact – He's probably even more physical. Yeah. And so I saw something, Dave, that that shocked me that 120 yards of his 184 yards were after contact. And and you know, that was that that's a huge number. And so take nothing away from Derrick Henry by any means. Sure. Um, but Bo Scarborough, he's a little different type of runner. He's nasty, right? Like he just he wants to. He wants to run over you, and um, I think this is a kid that you know. I remember early in, in in summer practices and watching some of the videos. You know, Saban he'd come back to the huddle, and 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 there was a couple of things where Saban's like, you know, I know you can run through people. I don't need you to run through people. I need you to do a better job of trying to make people miss and stuff. And what I noticed in this game is is it just it's an evolution. Like we were just talking about Jalen. To be fair. I think there's a combination of factors at work with Jalen. Okay. I think there's offensive game plan. Maybe Lane Kiffin was checked out. You know, maybe he sure. wasn't comfortable. All those things. But 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 Bo, I think Bo has slowly but surely, you know, been allowed to be brought on slowly by this coaching staff, which was smart. And um that touchdown run where all the players just kind of stopped and thought he was tackled. And he just kept making people miss. And then he cut across the field. Man, I was so excited for this kid. I mean, you know, Heisman's not tomorrow. Not saying that. But that run that he made there, um, which is really, you know, was the difference in this ball game. you just had a little bit of everything. You had a stiff arm. You had to put your hand down to push him down to the ground. You had to run over a player. You had a cutback. You had a vision. You had to turn on the jets across the field kind of deal. Um, dude, that was awesome. Man, that this is this is this is him. Um, I think just slowly understanding what he needs to do to be the type of running back that Coach Saban wants. And and I think this is his coming out party. This is what we've talked about with, you know, with players in the past, right? We're gonna look back at that game and we're gonna say this was what catapulted him into next year. Yeah, I, I, 
I agree with you there. And, and, you know, there's a reality that, that players are not ready made, right? They don't come in and, and they're ready made to sort of be all that they can be. They have to grow, they have to evolve, they have to get comfortable, they have to learn the system, all of those, you know, learn their role, all of those kinds of things. And there was an expectation that Bo was going to be all of this, you know, way back then. And, and he wasn't. And, you know, there's probably some disappointment with the fans, probably some disappointment, you know, even with Bo. One of the things that we've talked about that really jumped out to me, uh, you know, in a different way this week, we've talked about Bo being a player who's had injury. Uh, I think, you know, coming out of high school, he had an injury. Coming to Alabama, he had an injury. And there's been a number of times this season where he would take a hit, and it's almost like he was taking inventory of himself. Uh, There was a lesser opponent, maybe it was Kentucky, maybe it was Western Kentucky, earlier in the season where he had a nice run, but he got popped really good. And he just seemed to take inventory there and – and not feel really comfortable and, and went out of the game and didn't come back. And I can't speak for what exactly he was feeling, but th- there's been a little bit of when a player gets hurt, sometimes it sticks with them in, in mentally. And that's just not me sort of pointing fingers, you know, talk to players, right? This is a real phenomena. You can have it. You can have sort of a mental uh, lapse that can last longer than the physical injury. And we've speculated that maybe that's impacted Bo a little bit. Well, he came out. He came out in this ball game, and there was there was no hint of that. Uh, there were a number of times where he carried it two and three times consecutively. We've not seen a lot of that. There were times where he would take a lick and then get right back up. And then you know you mentioned the long touchdown run. Uh, the first touchdown run was a shorter run, but it was a very very physical run. And that was a fun that was fun to go back and watch it two or three times. I probably watched it four or five, six times. Uh, you know, he took that initial hit and essentially said, You will not tackle me. I will not be tackled and, and just ran with that type of, you know, physicality and that type of abandon. And that's that is what we've been looking forward to uh getting from him. That was especially fun to watch. And uh I agree. I think you said it well. I think this is a coming out party for Bo. And, uh, you know, we've got another game against Clemson, and then we've got the rest of his career. It'll be neat to, you know, maybe be able to point back to this uh, this Washington game again and again and say that's where he came out ready to play. We know I think back to Derrick Henry, right, when, when he had his game against um, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? In, the, in that semifinal game. And, and he ran like a bandit, and Oklahoma couldn't stop him. And it was like, wow, where where has this Derrick Henry been? Well, I think, like you said, you know, it's just taken him a while to get to this point. But I think that, um, you know, had he not been um, available in this game, um, I think this, I, I think they absolutely had to have him, you know, in this ball game. I think it was interesting that, you know, he uh, he came in very early too, Dave. I mean, like. Yep. You know, the first series of the game, Damian Harris gets the first carry and he rushes for four yards. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, four and out, they punt the ball. Um, And then the very next series, you know, he comes in halfway through the series. And so Damian Harris comes in and rushes the first three times of the series. And he has a rush for two yards and then eight yards and then three yards, none of which are bad. 
And so what was so interesting to me is that third carry by Damian Harris was on a second and two and um, he got a first down. And so, so on, on his two carries there, Damian Harris got the first down, right? First and 10, he gets eight yards and he gets three yards. And so Damian's had four carries and he's not doing anything bad. Bo comes in and when he comes in on his first carry and he rushes for 12 yards, it was just a different type of a run. Right. I mean, it nothing against Damian Harris, who was a num- number one running back in the nation, five-star running back, um, who, by the way, you know, ended up going over 1,000 yards in this ball game. But Bo just brings a different element to things, just a different physicality. And, um, you know, you, you said it best a minute ago when you talked about the number of carries. When I went back and looked at the stats – and we talked about me liking Jalen Hurts carrying the ball seven to eight times, okay? Um, when I saw he had 19 and Damon Harris only got nine, yeah, that blew my mind, man. That absolutely blew my mind. Um, and so what, what, what else jumped out at you? Because I know you've probably read the same things I have that, that talked about the game plan was to – be, you know, protect the football and how good the secondary is and how many turnovers Washington has gotten, albeit against Pac-10 schools. Are are you surprised that we didn't try to get the wide receivers more involved in this game? I mean, dude, there were times that Calvin Ridley was out wide left by himself. The DB is 15 yards off of him on the play, and I'm sitting here saying – Run a slant. It's a safe pass to Jalen Hurts. He can make that throw. Hit him on the run for eight yards, and he might just run by him and score a touchdown. I mean, do you, do you think it was the right call for our receiving core to only have seven catches on the day? No, I don't think that was the right call. I do wonder, and this is a theme that we've called out a couple of times, did we just sort of outthink ourselves? And, and this is where I want to be careful that that we're that we're not necessarily contradicting ourselves because there you know situationally we have wanted more of the running game uh now uh, you know granted I would have liked to have seen Damian gotten more of those carries and Bo get a couple more carries than uh, than Jalen get so many but I do think there was an opportunity to attack uh with the passing game and it's it's as if we said, well, this is the best secondary that we're going to face, so we're just going to run the ball, and you know we're not gonna we're not gonna pass. I mean, you know, we completed what was it? We completed seven passes. Now I'll seven say this about the, yeah, yeah, seven of yeah, seven of fourteen. I'll I'll say that, and there were a couple of throwaways there, but uh, you know, but the numbers are what they are. Uh, it it seemed to it seemed to be that we were making a point to uh, to to go to OJ. You know, he had four catches, but he probably had two or three that where he was targeted and and just the pass wasn't there. So I thought it was interesting. Even when we tried to pass, it was a more conservative passing approach, you know, passing to the tight end uh, as opposed to taking the shots down the field. And with the success running the ball, uh, you, you know, you would think that some of the play action opportunities would have been there. And, and it, a couple of times it did look like we teed up to play action. But uh, but they had good coverage, so I don't want to take anything away from Washington. I do think there were opportunities there, uh, and and I do think that you know again, if we had pounded the ball with the running backs as opposed to the quarterbacks, I think we probably would have had uh, a little more success there. I don't, I don't want to 
you know, I don't want to complain and, and go sour grapes, you know, too much. But uh, I think if no. I think if we're going to run the ball, then just just run the ball. No, I think you're right. It goes back to what I've said about Jalen Hurts doesn't need to have, you know, that many carries. And so you said it best. I think 50 runs in this game was okay. If Bo would have had 25 and Damian and, and – okay, if Bo and Damian and Josh Jacobs – would have had 40 of the 50 carries. Sure. And Jalen would have had 10. I'd have been totally okay with that. Like, I'd love to see a naked bootleg from Jalen Hurts whenever, like, you know, after you've been pounding the ball, pounding the ball, have him do a naked boot or something, right? Use his speed. Use his 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 physical presence. I'm okay with that. I just, you know, 19 of those 50 didn't need to be from him, as you mentioned. Um, and then – uh, you said it best when you said the play-action pass, man. I mean, you know, Jake Coker's best friend last year was the play-action pass. And what I found so interesting, man, is the first play of the game, they did the Ardarius Stewart, you know, yes. come by the quarterback, and they did a play-action on the first play. He just didn't get the ball to O.J. Howard. Right. He just didn't throw the ball well. If he had thrown the ball well, O.J. Howard was wide open on that play. Yep. And so – I'm actually okay with you exploiting O.J. Howard. It gives them something else to think about because you haven't used O.J. Howard the way you really need to all season, let's face it, right? I'm sorry. O.J. Howard matched up against most middle linebackers. If O.J. Howard today lined up against Reuben Foster and just ran a go route down the hash, I guarantee you he could beat Reuben Foster six or seven out of ten times. Sure. And so – I actually love the very first play from scrimmage was a play action. I was like, look at this. There's a wrinkle. You know, you actually have like – I thought that was great on Lane Kiffin's part. I was like, oh, you've done the little stretch the field you always do, but, you, but, but you're doing a play action on the very first play. Yep. And so I just wish they would have done more of that. And so tell me, tell me what you think about the development. I guess we could have started the show with this. Um, what do you think about the news that you know that that Kiffin will not be with the team for the for the final game? Um, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think is is behind that? Yeah, you know, wow, that's a, that's a loaded question, right? I I think that you know, I think he was doing two jobs, you know, and I, I don't want to just sound like I'm towing the the company line. So you know, you I think you could read behind the sort of the coordinated press releases and. You know, even uh, you know, even Kiffin going on the Fine Bomb Show, and and uh, you know, both both parties, you know, Saban and and Kiffin, both pretty much speaking the uh, the company line. I do think there's there's merit to he was trying to do two jobs. Uh, now it doesn't serve Kiffin that he apparently struggled to do that, but you know, Kirby Smart was able to do it just last year. Um, and you can talk about you know, defense versus the offense differences and, and saving having a stronger role in um, in the defense and, and and probably have a case there. I just think the team seemed disoriented. Uh, you know, the, the, the game plan seemed flat. And <clears throat> I have heard uh, or I've seen sort of in, anecdotally and, and I don't know how much I how much stock I necessarily put into this, but but I've seen some conjecture that uh, some of the players were complaining that uh, are commenting that, you know, we're running plays out here that we didn't necessarily practice. And, and yeah, I want to be careful putting a lot of stock in that, but, you know, there could definitely be some, some merit to that. I think Sark 
being in the system all season, uh, 100%, you know, on board. He's not trying to do another job. Um, I think it was a natural sort of transition. And if we didn't have someone like that already in place, then, then it wouldn't have happened. If it could not be as seamless as this is going to be, then, then it wouldn't happen. And for all the conjecture that, you know, Sark has, is being thrust into a new role and, and all of that, let's not forget that he's done this before. Sark has been on the big stage before. He's got a pair of big boy pants. He can do this. And let's not undermine the role that, that we're not going to know. We don't necessarily know what his role has been day to day. But let's not for a split second think that he's not been very engaged with the players and very active with the players in practice, in meeting rooms, in prep sessions. Uh, he's just not a coach on the field. But that does not mean he's not been active, and that does not mean that he's going to be a new voice. I've been hearing a lot of that, uh, that this is going to be a new voice and the fragile team and quarterback won't be able to handle the new the new voice. That is just the lamest, you know, horse – crap that that you could ever come across i i would think that he's been very vocal and very hands-on uh in his capacity all season so i think it's a i think it's a hand in glove um i think it's going to be kind of fun to see but uh and, and heck you know what is clemson what do they do like well how do we how do we game plan for this uh so in some respects i you know i I've always been a fan of Kiffin. I've always kind of liked him. I think his time, I think we all kind of knew his time was going to expire. It expired sort of in an odd time. But, you know, that's that was very Kiffin of him. Well, there's, you know, there's been discussions out there that, you know, he was late for meetings. And um, there's been discussions about, you know, some of the things that were said when, you know, the he, he was given the mic and allowed to yep. speak. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting. He even said today um, that he was not mentally there. Um, you know, I, I mean, this this was his own words. I mean, I, I found it very interesting that, you know, he, he was quoted as saying that he thought it would be easier than it was to, to juggle both of these things. But the biggest thing that that I thought or I found interesting is, is he in his own words said he wasn't there mentally during the Peach Bowl. And right. said leaving Alabama was best for all parties. And so, you know, that's I, I think that I think that him and Kirby Smart are just different people, right? Yeah. And and Kirby Smart has been with Saban for a long, long time. And Kirby Smart is a different personality person. And um, you know, we, we'll never know the true reason, but um I, I think it's okay, I think it's a big gamble to do granted granted Sark has has been you know you know with him at USC and head coach at Washington and, and head coach at USC blah 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 but it's still a big gamble dude it's the national championship game <laughs> no, but, it, but he's but Sark has been with the team all season too uh, you know it, yeah he's 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 spent a lot of time with Kiffin and so they are going to be uh, they're going to have some similarities in their philosophies, but it's not like he's coming off the street. He's also got a year, uh, a full season under his belt with this team and with these players. And I think that he's been probably active in practice and meeting rooms with these players. He's not Johnny come lately. 
he's another coach that's been on the team, uh, you know, just sort of stepping up to play a little bit of a different role. I, th- I think that um, – I think it – I mean, it makes for a lot of headlines, but, you know, you you compared them to Kirby. Hey, different strokes for, diff- you know, different folks. Uh, it is hard to do both things. I completely agree with that. Uh, don't challenge that. And I think Sark is going to step in, and I think it's going to be a lot more smooth than, you know, the breath- breathless media – uh, in the clickbank, uh, you know, uh, you know, clickbait, uh, all that stuff. It's it's going to be so much more seamless than 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 all of that is making it out to be. Oh, I'm sure. I just think that um, I, Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin, right? Yeah. And I think that I, I think that Lane Kiffin just, um, you know, I just. Um, it doesn't surprise me, man. It's Lane Kiffin. I guess yeah. I'm just. I guess when I saw the news, I was I was less surprised. Um, it obviously would have benefited Lane Kiffin to to hang around. Um, you know, for for him to to be there with them through this. Um, but you know, I, I to your point, from an Alabama's fans' perspective, um, it is at least as good for us of a situation as it can be. Yeah, and if it weren't this good of a situation, let's this, this be clear, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, I, I, you know, if it, it just wouldn't have happened if he, if Sark hadn't already been named the successor, if he weren't already on the staff, if he weren't, you know, if the if the if the transition wasn't as as seamless as it really is going to be, then it wouldn't have happened. Uh, and and it's such, you know, that this morning when when I first saw it, I just kind of I just kind of grinned and said, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, you know, and just, and just went about, you know, went about my day and, and, and I went back and read some articles and, you know, everything that I read said exactly the same stuff. And I was like, yep, this is just, you know, this is sort of a, a pre, you know, made by press release sort of thing. And then all the conjecture is just that it's just mindless conjecture and, and everyone trying to grab a headline and, and get some clicks and stuff like that. And, and I, I'm going to be so much more boring than that. It's, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Well, it does make you wonder how much it played into this ballgame. Sure. Because um, he did not seem like the same type of Lane Kiffin on the sideline to me. No, he didn't. And there were some wonky stuff. There were some wonky stuff with, with the play calling. You know, I, there, I recall, you know, I think it was a third and short. And we had our Darius Stewart lined up in the backfield. And what do you do? You hand the ball to our Darius Stewart, you know, in, in, in the backfield. And the running lane to the outside, if he had bounced it outside, was wide open. Uh, but our Darius not having, you know, gotten a lot of carries in, you know, from the running back position, he cuts it inside where it looks like there's a little bit of a hole, but it closes quickly. Oh, dude, there would have been a big gain outside. Right. I'm so glad you brought this up. And, but and that's, that, might be, that might be one of the plays, Dave, that they're like, we didn't run this in practice last week. Well, that's one of those things. I mean, Tommy, this goes back – God, this goes back pre-podcast for us, you know, where, where we would have – you know, I mean, this is DeBose stuff, right? This is how bad some of this is. This this play call is is – is Debosian, right? Because it's not a bad play call and, and it's executed well, except for 
Who you got getting the ball. Yes. Who you got getting the ball. Oh, the blocking, so got, I'll tell you real quick, the blocking scheme was actually quite good. Right. And Calvin Ridley was uh, was cracking back on the linebacker. If you would have had Damian Harris or Bo or Jacobs, one of your three tailbacks with the ball, they would have gained 20, 30, 40 yards on that play. And, it's, and that's not a knock on Ardarius. It's just his. that's not his skill set. Running from the running back position – is not is not his skill set. And so what do we do? We've got a really good play call that's executed really, really well. We just don't have the right personnel in a key position relative to the play. And this this is go by I mean, we used to call it driveway talk, right? When you and I see, used to talk football, you know, years ago watching, you know, the the you know, DeBose and those kind of teams where we would just do and and gosh, we did it then like multiple times a game for, for for seasons where we would have decent play calls. We just wouldn't have the right personnel group in to execute it. And and this just felt like that. It just felt discombobulated that, you know, we're going to do this sort of chintzy kind of play with our Darius sort of lined up out of, out of position. And he's lined up in the backfield before, but he's not gotten the ball. And if he does get it, it's on a sprint out. Uh, it's 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 a version of an end around almost right because he's going to run you know to the sidelines but this was this was not that uh, and so it was just executed poorly only by function of who was running the ball. No, absolutely, man. Well, talk talk to me real quick before we flip the field here. Um, Jalen hurts and and how free he is with the ball. You know, since he's carrying the ball many more times than I would like. Yeah. Um, that fumble, um, you know, you know, thank you, Jonah Williams, true freshman, once again for making a play. Dude, we the fumble recovery was at our 38-yard line. It, it's still, you know, it, it's still a ball game, right? It, it's still a ball game at that point. And, and um, you know, here we are, and it's 17-7, to 7, and thank goodness, you know, we've gotten an interception return for a touchdown or – or it would be, you know, it would be uh, ten to seven uh, at the half, and um, y- y- you can't turn the ball over like that on the thirty-eight yard line. No, and <clears throat> I'll, I'll give a little bit of, you know, I'll say two things, and and they'll sound a little bit contradictory, and I don't intend it that way, but you know, Jalen's good for about a fumble a game, and as much as I hate to say that, that's that's kind of what we've seen, and that is absolutely something that that's going to have to be cleaned up. I'll say this also too, though, about uh, you take a running quarterback that you know the whole the whole thing is you know is he going to pitch it? Is he going to keep it? Is he going to hand it off? And sometimes to maintain that illusion, you have to carry the ball a little differently. You can't tuck it high and tight and maintain the illusion that you're going to pitch it uh, or or throw it maybe. And so sometimes when he's carrying it loose in one hand. I don't like that, especially in traffic, and, and it's easy to have it knocked out. But that can help maintain the illusion that you're going to pitch it or or pass it. And so I don't know if I'm just making stuff up or, or if there if there's something to that. But you know, if he's if he's tucking it high and tight like a running back, then you know clearly he's not doing any of the others. And if we're trying to give the illusion or the read that he may do something else with the ball, um, that can impact how he carries it. Well, I think you, you know, 
you solve part of this problem by, you know, just not having him carry the ball as much. Sure, sure. Um, and, and what's so frustrating, man, is we, we really had such good field position, you know, for, for most of this second half. Yes. I mean, that, that's why this was so painful that, that we could have just absolutely put this team away. Yeah. What you got, uh, what you got mini game ball? You know, um, it, it could go a couple different ways. You know, it's, it's, um, I don't want to do the obvious one, so I'm not going to, I'm going to let you do that one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say for, for this game, you know, I think I'm just going to give it to the offensive line. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to give it specifically to, to Jonah Williams for that fumble recovery. Cause that was a huge play. You know, I, I just think that um, I thought the line played really well. They opened a lot of holes for Bo for him to be able to do what he did. And um I, th- I think, um, you know, I've, it's it's what I've been looking for all season, right? I mean, this was the this was last year's LSU game. This was the physicality that that I like, and uh, so I'm going to give it to the offensive line. You know, we've been talking football uh, too long. If we can predict each other's mini game ball, um, but uh, but I, I have no doubt that you've predicted that uh, you know probably the easiest mini game ball pick off season is uh, Garrett Dieter's block on Bo's run. Uh, opposite opposite field, opposite side of the field, uh, he, he knows from, from jump that he's not getting the ball, that he is not going to be involved in the play, except for it's a long run and he positions himself to be involved in the play. Uh, Bo probably would have scored, but uh, you get hustle points uh, for, with me. And uh, Garrett's been a player that – has truly exhibited. Uh, maybe his catch production hasn't been uh, what we thought it might be, but his production in other ways, uh, I think, has been outstanding. And uh, he's he's the kind of guy that that uh, you know, if New England and Belichick can get their hands on him, you know, he's going to be a guy that everyone knows <laughs> knows who he is. Uh, I just like the hustle that he demonstrates on the field. So, tip of the cap to Garrick Dieter. All right. Well, what do you have on defense, man? What's the what's the first thing that that jumped out at you with this vaunted Washington Huskies uh, <laughs> offense that was averaging like forty five points a game? Yeah, and I know that I know it was against Pac ten, and I know it was against a, a lesser, you know, sort of uh, opponents, but they did it nonetheless. And there's a lot of teams that played sort of lesser schedules that didn't do it. Uh, I do like their quarterback. I'm not surprised that they scored first. But uh, I just think the defense was uh, – the Alabama defense was just stifling. We held them to, you know, 44 uh, rushing yards, 150 passing, you know, 194 on the game. Uh, take away 64 from their scoring drive. And, uh, you know, you know we shut them down, I, I think, pretty remarkably. Uh, there was a point probably early in the third quarter uh, – I was watch, watching the game with some folks – and, uh, you know, it was 17-7. to 7. The game was, it felt like, you know, forever. And, you know, I you know I turned to the folks, you know, very early in the third quarter, and I said, you know, we just might as well start milking the clock here because they're not going to get to 17 and everything we add to that. And, you know, we only added a touchdown. But, but uh, you know, they looked at me like, you know, hey, they're going to get to 17. I, I said, I, they don't get to 17. By the time we got to the fourth quarter, I said, oh, they're not going to score again. And uh, and and so the defense was just that stifling, and it's fun to see 
when uh, when they performed that well. And, you know, they just had another top shelf performance. Well, you know, Washington came into this game, you know, when when you see that their leading tailback is five foot ten, 195 pounds. Mm -hmm. He he's just not the bruising type of back, right? No, and he got dinged and, up and he, early. He got dinged up early. It was early in the game, and it was kind of fun, you know, watching watching that. You know, early in the game, he got dinged up, and and he and he was sort of limping off. And then later in the game, uh, you know, the announcers are saying he just hasn't he just hasn't you know performed to his standard. I said, guys, it's on your own air. He has walked off the field, you know, gimpy. And uh, and you guys aren't aren't noticing that. And I typically really love Blackledge, and he said a lot of smart stuff. But uh, I had, I, had, I had to call him out on that one. Well, it just you know they they weren't going to be able to run the ball, right? And this is a quarterback who scrambled one time for a first down, but he's not a dual threat quarterback. Well, he had and no interest so, in doing that again. No, and I mean. These type of quarterbacks, right? I mean, right now this team can get to you with four, and um, and so when they scored that first touchdown, um, you know, in a similar fashion, um, I was like, okay, well, that's going to be their only touchdown. And I saw the Washington fans, and they were all excited. And I was like, okay, well, I'm happy for them, but they won't score again. What, and um, what did that you know, feel I, like? I, what did that feel like? That felt like the Florida game, right? <laughs> It did. Well, what's what's interesting is is what happened, right? They scored because why? Because these were the plays that had been scripted by really good offensive-minded coaches, yep. right? Who had yep. several weeks to script them out. Pre-defensive pre adjustment. <laughs> yes. Right? And so that doesn't surprise me, right? It is. It did. It felt exactly like Florida. And what's so funny about the media is – Dude, they were trying to build this game up as it was going to be a game. And and they were just – and we said on our last podcast this wasn't going to be a game, that, that we were going to hand it to them. I just thought we'd beat them worse on the scoreboard sure, than we sure. did. And so um, even after they scored, you know, the little sideline reporter, which I can't stand that stuff. They could get rid of the sideline reporter, and I'd be totally cool with that. Um, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, they're talking to each other on the sideline. They're fired up, and they're like, yeah, we knew we could stay with them. I'm like, no, you can't stay with them. Come on, really? Right. I mean, it's just that's just made for TV BS is all that is. It is. I agree. And, 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 and so, um, you know, he came off the sideline at one point in the fourth quarter, and he turned to his offensive coordinator, and you could read his lips. He was like, I, I just – I didn't have time. I didn't have time. So I went back and I paused it and I went back to that third down play. And on that play, he actually had time. Alligator armed the ball like three seconds before anybody got to him. Why? Because he was scared. He didn't want to get hit again. That's why right. he did it. Right. And so this is a situation where we are blessed that we can get to their quarterback with four people. We don't have to bring the heat. And if we hit you early enough, you're going to be scared. And yep. um, we don't need to do anything else. Well, it's Saban's favorite thing, right? Affect the quarterback. And that doesn't have to be a sack. And Saban has said that for years. Uh, and, uh, and and the reality is it's as true as it gets, right? And so when you have a quarterback that's going to get happy feet, that's going to that's gonna hear footsteps, that's going to get nervous, that doesn't want to get hit, it's the Jordan Jefferson sort of syndrome, um, and they're going to they're going to make mistakes, and some of those mistakes are just going to be incomplete passes, 
and some of them are going to be picks. And we had two and, and one, you know, return for a touchdown. And when you start impacting the quarterback in that way, um, man, it's, 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 it's going to be a long day for the offense. Well, dude, let's talk about this very quickly, okay? Let's talk about the play that, that Ryan Anderson made, okay? Yeah. This goes back to the psyche of the kid. Now, let me be fair to fair to Jake Browning, okay? I'm glad I wasn't in the pocket. Sure. And Tim Williams come after me when, and pile on you know Jonathan Allen on top of it for good measure. So, trust me, I'm glad it was him and not me. But when he threw that pass that Ryan Anderson uh, picked off, Dude, there was a minute left in the half. Mm -hmm. It's a 10-7 ball game. It's second and 10 at your 32-yard line. Throw the damn ball away. Yep. Right? And so and so he got the ball out. He threw the ball, you know, and this is not your Pac-10 school that you're playing. This is Alabama. And um, I'm so glad Ryan Anderson made that play. And the athleticism he showed, I mean, he, he, he caught the ball, but, you know, just as good as O.J. Howard has caught the ball this year. And um, no knock on O.J. Howard. He just went up for the ball and took the ball from the guy. And the guy, of course, is not going to be able to tackle him. And Anderson, I mean, dude, what's interesting about this team right now is if Jalen Hurts is able to win them a national championship, he's going to get lots of praise. Okay. But you and I both know defense wins championships. Sure. At the end of the day, there's two things that you have to have. You have to have a defense and you have to have a running game. And the reason they are moving forward in this game is because of those two things. No, I agree. And so, I, I think most and, so, so and, and that's no knock that's no knock on Jalen Hurts, no, right? No, no. I'm just saying that that other team has got to be just kicking themselves in the locker room at halftime because they're like, son of a bitch, it was 10 to 7 and we threw a pick and now it's 17 to 7. And dude, as soon as it came out in the third quarter, I'm like, well now the game's really over. Because now it's a two-score game. And now they yeah. got to throw the ball even more and they can't throw the ball to begin with and they can't protect the quarterback. And so, like you told your your people, you're watching the game, right? Checkmate, game over. Yeah. No, you're right. When it goes to two scores, that's a big deal. That is a big deal, uh, and it's just one of those sort of it's it's that's where football becomes chess and not checkers, right? Uh, and uh, and and so, yeah, I I completely agree. You know, when he threw that ball, he had Reuben Foster, you know, just bullseye uh, run, running right at him, and so. He, he was definitely feeling the pressure, definitely feeling the heat. And then Ryan Anderson, when he caught that and then just sort of stiff-armed the defensive back down, and then, and I just kind of enjoyed that. It was like, you know, somebody may tackle me, but it will not be you. And uh, I, and I just enjoyed that, that physicality and the fact that he was able to get that in and, and run it in. You know, look, for all the, for all the stars on, the, on this defense – it's hard to it's hard to find underrated players on this defense, but uh, you know I'll I'll give you Ryan, I'll give you Ryan uh, Ryan Anderson as one of them. Man, I'm so happy for him though because you and I've talked about right what what he brings to this defense. Yes, and um, and Alabama wouldn't be where they are right now without Ryan Anderson. Completely agree. Um, now tell me tell me real quick about give me your thoughts on Reuben Foster because. Um, you know, they I'm, – I'm kind of catching you off guard here a little bit as far as as far as far what do you think the injury is because this is a guy 
that has played with a club on his hand all year, which shows you the lack of a comfort level with our depth at, at linebacker. Um, because, you know, Rashawn Evans didn't get thrust out there until Sean Deion Hamilton got hurt against Florida. Right. And so here you got Ron Ruben Foster playing with a club on his hand and he's covering, you know, running backs and tight ends, blah, blah, blah. Well, man, I don't know what he did to his knee, but when he came back out with that big brace, you could see him very gimpy. Um, and he was out there, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, why, why can't we bring Mac Wilson? Why can't we bring Keith Hamilton? Why can't we bring somebody out here and give him a little rest? Uh, what, do you, what do you think his status is? Well, I, you know, he came back out. I think he's going to be okay to play. You know, that was a scary play because, you know, we ended up with three guys down. Uh, and, and they've, you know, they very, they all three very well could have been out, you know, Tomlinson, uh, and then, uh, it looked like, uh, Ronnie Harrison, uh, it, it looked like maybe he was going to go under the concussion protocol and, uh, and then you've got Foster with the knee and well, that's always scary. And so that, that was a, that was a moment where, geez, if we've got to, if we've got to take all three of these guys out, that's, that's going to be frightening. I think that he probably would have spent more time on the bench if we had uh, uh, Sean Deion Hamilton available, and then it would have been he and, and Evans out there, I think that would have been what we did. Uh, I I would like to see Keith Holcomb get some run. I agree with you. I just think that um, it, it's just it's a hindsight sort of decision. You know, in that moment, the defense is clicking, and you just don't want to take anyone out if you don't need to. I know, but not to get ahead of ourselves, man. There's still one game left to play, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. I'm just, I'm just thinking. You know, you score at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You're up 24-7. I, I just think, you know, maybe you go to dime, and maybe you put, you know, maybe you put Ronnie Harrison in the box, or you put Rashawn Evans in there in the dime with the one linebacker, and you just get his butt out a little bit. He just seemed yeah. to be in there an awful lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to think. What was the what was the coach thought process? I think my thought process would have been tried trying to steal some plays, uh, maybe try to steal a series with him not in there, uh, and sort of shorten his game. Not maybe not call him done for the day, but how do I shorten his, you know, play count the rest of the way? Uh, and then you know, look, and what Saban's going to tell you is. When you start playing scared like that, that's when someone gets hurt. And so, you know, I can see that side of it too. I just – I don't know where sort of – where are you playing scared versus where are you being smart? Sometimes that's a hard line to sort of grab, grab hold of. Uh, but, yeah, I, I probably would have found myself, you know, how, how do we formation ourselves in such a way? How can we get Mac? How can we get Holcomb? How can how can we address this? Um, you know, like you said, let's go to a – Let's go to a dime and, and let's play some let's play some dime and and get him out for a couple of plays. I I can definitely see where I would have gone that route. What else jumped out at you on defense? Obviously, Marlon Humphrey gave up that early touchdown and and that receiver. You know, it's kind of funny after he caught that touchdown. Uh, I remember commenting. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I was like. We're not going to see anything else from this receiver. And no. the people that I was watching this with, they looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Because, I mean, here he catches a touchdown, right? And if you turn to people and you're like, okay, he's not going to get anything else. 
and and he really he he really didn't get much else the rest of the ball game. Um, what what else jumped out at you? Well, you know, on that play, and 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 what's funny if you look at Marlon's stat line, I mean, he broke up a pass, and apparently that's all he did all day, <laughs> except for provide blanket coverage, right? Um, and in the pass, look, let's take nothing away from that pass was was on time. That was on target. It was like you said, that first sort of sheet of of scripted plays. Let's make a little bit of an adjustment and let's put some hits on that quarterback and let's see how precision, you know, uh, passer he is. And so it's just one of those things where uh, you could almost predict that they were going to score first and and then you could almost predict that that's all they were going to get. And so uh, not surprised by that. I liked, uh, you know, we talk about unsung players on defense, Ryan Anderson being one. I liked Anthony Averett getting a sack. Uh, that's just a uh, you know when you can run when you got everything else working for you and you can run Averett on on a um, uh, on a corner blitz that is just embarrassing and then uh, uh, and I like Joshua Frazier we've been he he has sort of been a pivot point for us all season and uh, I like the fact that he got a sack and he was in there early and uh, and looked like he was he was making some contribution so uh, that'd be a fun guy to get to see uh, really sort of blossom here this game and this next week and really have something to carry into spring practice. No, that's true. Well, who do you, who, who was going to get your uh, mini game ball in this ball game? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't, uh, we didn't talk about them, but this is another play that I went back and rewound it like six times. And people were like, man, watching football with you is just a different thing. But uh, Tony Brown, uh, he had a play where he sniffed out uh, a screen and that w- it was just, and, and I told the guys, that you know the folks that I was watching with, I said, "Man, this is this is like this is what football is, and it it is just at its base." Watch Tony Brown here, and 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 so he's lined up on this receiver, and for a second there, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Is he going to run a route? Is it going to be a run? Is it going to be the other way? Is he going to have to go deep down the field in coverage? He doesn't know, but with every passing second, the the opportunity of what he may have to defend goes down. And when that and the receiver comes straight at him, then Tony Brown knows it's a running play, and and you can watch Tony Brown's eyes. He gets his hands out. I mean, it's just textbook. This is what you could look up in the football dictionary. He gets his hands up, and then his eyes go straight behind the receiver. It goes over the receiver's shoulder, and you can see him track to the quarterback rolling out, and in, and you can see him look over the other shoulder to where the the screen is being set up. And as soon as that receiver catches the ball, he chucks the guy that thinks is that <laughs> the guy thinks he's blocking Tony Brown, but he's just being, you know, sort of used. Tony Brown chucks him and makes the tackle for a loss. I said, guys, that's what football is right there. Uh, and that's Tony Brown, who started the season on the bench with some suspension, has come into uh, a larger role with uh, Eddie Jackson getting hurt, and he just it just in that play uh, it, that was just. Man, that was just a thing of beauty. I could go back and watch that twenty more times, and 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 spend you know an hour breaking down that play because it was just phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I'm giving Tony Brown the mini game ball for that. This is why I don't let you go first, man. This is why I don't let you go damn first. All right, so I was going to uh, to give Tony Brown my mini game ball, for and that, for that um, play, or did you have him for something else? Um. I was debating between that play and between his sack of the quarterback. Okay. 
And um, because when, when he came in on a corner blitz and blew up the running back who had to shift from the left to the right to pick him up, and he, he basically ran over him to sack yep. the quarterback, um, that was impressive um, because that is, you know, that shows me something that they are giving him the opportunity to do that in the start. Yep. But I will yep. let you I will let you enjoy the, the rest of what you discussed. Um, I will shift over to the other guy that I wanted to give it to as well. Um, and that's Rashawn Evans. Yeah. Uh, Rashawn Evans came into this game. Obviously, he is not um, obviously he is on everybody's radar, but but he's another guy like Bo Scarborough um, who, you know, this is the first game of his career that he has been called on to do as much as he had to do. Agreed. He got thrust into a tough situation in Florida, gave up the touchdown play, um, just totally didn't look comfortable uh, in space on that particular touchdown that Florida took advantage of him, you know, coming in the game. But, dude, he finished third on the stat sheet. Um, you know, he even got to put his hands in the dirt late in the game and be a rabbit rusher, which he enjoys, which he didn't get to do in this game because he, he had to be a middle linebacker. Yep. And he got a sack. Right. And, um, dude, um, just where would we be without him right this second? I mean, to be fair, you know, just like Tony Brown, the two guys right now, um, Minka, I guess three, Minka and Tony Brown and now Rashawn Evans stepping in next man up, um, you know, <laughs> embarrassment of riches, highly touted players, um, we'd be in a world of hurt right now. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I had Rashawn Evans, you know, down sort of on a list to maybe talk about, uh, you know, for all the reasons that you talk about. So I'm, I'm glad that you went mini game ball with him. Uh, talk to me about special teams. Man, um, we should have given a mini game ball uh, to our punter. Yep. Um, because in this game where all the, you know, the lack of offensive production that we have talked about. Um, you know, J.K. Scott was a weapon. And, um, you know, let's face it, he had three inside the 20. He had, you know, um, you know, finished the day with eight punts uh, for 46-yard average. And there was numerous times where he pinned them inside the 10. And yep. like we talked about with defensive winning championships, I'm sorry, you pin them inside the 10 and you put our defense out there and you got to feel pretty damn good about that. No, you really do. And and this is, you know, this is one of those things. And again, it's sort of a saving sort of mantra. Uh, he talks about affecting the quarterback, but he also talks about drive start. And he talks about that both offensively and defensively. And so for grins, I, I went back and looked at the, uh, the, the Washington drive starts. And so this will get a little tedious, but, but they started on the twelve the 36, the 18, the 25, the 9, the 20, the 4, the 25, the 20, the 9, the 30, the 17, the 21, and at the end of the game, they got one on the 45. And, Tommy, only twice in the game, and, hell, one of them, they got the ball on the 45, only twice in the game did they cross the 50. That's defense, and that's drive start. Well, and let's face it, man, they only um... – they only, you know, that that goes a long way in them scoring the one touchdown, right? Right. And um, but like you said, you know, while it's true for a lot of teams, this defense is just different. 
and you're just not going to put together many 13 play drives to go your butt down the field. Right. You're just not going to. Yes. Can you script them and can you can you sit there and the the 10 offensive coaches stay up for hours on end in the past few weeks to put together the the drive you did that was nine plays and 64 yards? Yes. What's funny about what we just said, where did they start that drive at the 36 yard line? Yep. Yeah. So, so are you going to get that? Yes. Are you going to get that three or four times a game against this team? No, you're not going I don't, to. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, I liked Adam. Uh, he had one kick, 41. He made it. And uh, Trayvon, uh, we gave him praise. You know, we got to call both sides of this. We gave him praise uh, for his play oh, against man. Florida. Uh, you know, talk about drive start going the other way. Uh, his, his play, you know, fielding punts was – uh, it left a lot to be desired. Atrocious. Let's call it what it was. It was yeah. atrocious. Yeah. And there was numerous times. And and what I was actually surprised at is that we did not see Saban light his butt up at all. Right. None. None. I mean, there was no conversation. There was no put anybody else out there. I, I really thought well, I would see our Darius Stewart or Calvin Ridley at some point in that game. Because or, or Xavier Marks, you know, some someone out there, right? And uh, and and we didn't, and so, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think Saban's, you know, he will get on to players, but I think he also knows, you know, when not to get on players. And so I want to be careful. I'm not I'm not necessarily saying anything about Trayvon. He is a true freshman, uh, and so you know, maybe he's maybe he's still getting some grace period there. No, hey, dude. He, he's still doing something we couldn't do, right? But oh, but yeah. our job is to call it like we see it. And they punted the ball nine times. And if you had gone back and added up the field position that we lost on those nine punts, I guess we got to take away Jake Browning's quick punt, so call it eight. Sure. On those eight punts that he got, he got 373 yards total. Um. Three of them were over 50 yards. Right. So all I'm saying is of that 373 yards, if we added up those eight, I counted numerous plays, Dave, where there was at least 15 to 20 yards of lost field position. Yep. Dude, if I went back and counted them up, I wouldn't be surprised if we cost ourselves 150 yards. I'll be generous. I bet you we at least cost ourselves a football field of position in this game by how we did not field those punts. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I would I would speculate, and that's all it is. I would speculate that there's a score that that comes with that in there. Oh sure. No, absolutely. Well, anything else on special teams? No, uh, I probably want to bounce off special teams. I'll, I'll probably hit it again when we're talking about uh, the championship game. But uh, holy goodness, man, what do you think about a rematch with Clemson? And let's let's you know we call it like we see it on this show, man. I didn't want to see their ass. Okay, um, I was pulling for Urban Meyer, and it was making me throw up as I was doing it because um, I wanted Urban Meyer to win this game. I wanted revenge against Ohio State. Um, I did not want to see Deshaun Watson. And so um, we, we, we were blessed to, to witness that game in Arizona. 
uh, a game that we were lucky to win, right? Let's call it like we let's be let's be real here, right? Yeah. We 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 won this game because tied twenty four to twenty four in the fourth quarter. Saban calls a great onside kick and was quoted after the game. I didn't want to give them the ball back because I didn't think wasn't sure if we could stop them. Right. Now, here's what I will say about this. Okay. There are two things. There's there's two things about this game that makes me feel better because I watched the whole game against Ohio State and I saw the same exact thing that we saw last year. They're running the same scheme. Sure. There is nothing different. They do a jet sw- – I mean, what's funny, dude, is is it, it looks like I'm watching our offense, sure. okay, because there's a lot of jet sweep going on with the wide receivers, and they're getting seven or eight yards on first down every play, so now they're lining up in a second and two. But here's the short version of your answer. Last year in that game, they picked on a true freshman by the name of Minka Fitzpatrick, and they picked on him with Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro ate him up for two touchdowns in the slot. The difference in this in this game, in my opinion, is Tony Brown as a junior with experience of being in the system will handle Hunter Renfro different. We will not be surprised by five foot ten, one hundred and seventy five pound Hunter Renfro. Number one, number two, there are two other people in the middle that will make this a different ball game, and the one of those guys is a twenty pound lighter Reuben Foster, yeah, and Rashawn Evans, yeah. Here, a a a less agile middle linebacker core just got wore out by the nickel and diamond, Dinkin and Duncan. And I think this team with Minka in the back, which I wish Eddie was here, but he's not with Minka in the back as a cornerback who is just all over the freaking place. And with Tony Brown and Rashawn Evans, I think we handle the Dinkin dunk better. No, I agree. And, and, you know, I think last year the biggest lament we had on our defense was the linebackers are vulnerable in the pass. And so, like you said, we had a heavier, uh, uh, Reuben Foster, and we had a Reggie Ragland out there, uh, who's you know central casting middle linebacker. He's he's not a cover guy, uh, and and so you you take this year's linebacker core. Now, uh, for the sake of giving guys uh, a breather, I wish we had Sean Deion Hamilton, but uh, I you know I like the versatility that this defense has uh, in a way that last year's did not. Um, this is a game, though, you know, I agree with you. This is a game that, that does make me a little nervous. Uh, we play a lot of teams that uh, that lose the game before the game kicks off because they know that they're playing Alabama. And the first time something goes wrong for them, uh, it can snowball. Clemson will not, Clemson will not have that. Uh, they took us, you know, within a hair last year. Uh, you mentioned the onside's kick, which was a phenomenal play. But, uh, you know, how many games in his career has O.J. Howard had 275 yards and uh, Kenyon Drake 100-yard uh, touchdown return? So we had quite a number of big plays that, uh, you know, we have to think that we may not get this year. So um, this is a team that makes me nervous. I, I don't I, – I can't remember the last time I've ever picked against Alabama. Um and I'm probably not going to do it today, but 
boy, I just about would. This is this is that game. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, there's somebody else that I left off a minute ago, and I shouldn't have, and so forgive me. But there's another reason I feel better matching up against this. Um, okay, in general, against this Clemson team, this is a faster defense than we had sure. last year. Oh, without question. And so, and so when you take um, when you take um, the front four and the speed they bring to the table, and then if you bring the maturity of the DBs having another year of maturity, right? The Marlon Humphrey and the Minka Fitzpatrick, like like yesterday was a great example. There was a couple times where, where Anthony Averett didn't need Minka's help, but Minka was there. Yep. And Todd Blackridge was like, Minka's all over the. You know, he didn't yep. say freaking, but uh-huh. I like freaking. He's like he's all over the place. I know. So, I know what you're building up to. Get there. Okay, Ronnie Harrison yep. is the other X factor. Yep. And forgive me, Tony, I got to move you from second to third because the two players that I think are going to we're going to look back in this game is going to be Rashawn Evans and it's going to be Ronnie Harrison because Ronnie Harrison is going to play in the middle of that defense the way we didn't have a player last year and 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 we're, they're just not going to get some of the garbage crap that they got last year against this team. Yeah. And think you know last year Minka and Ronnie were both freshmen. Marlin was a redshirt freshman. Uh, you know, those guys all are back and uh, playing better this year than they did last year, which is something. But, but just like you said, Clemson has seen it. We've seen it too. Yeah. And and, and I do think there's something to be said too. Um, you know, you got saving once with Deshaun Watson. Dude, it's like Cam Newton, right? I mean, okay. Okay, take Auburn as an example, right? Did Auburn get us, right? Did Gus Malzahn get us early sure. on with the Auburn crap? Yes. Has he gotten us in a little while? No. No. And and so I, I just think we're going to see a different game plan for this Clemson team, and um, I, I think they're, I think we're going to win the chess match. Well, I hope you're right. Um, I'm, I'm picking a very close game. I think it's I think it's 31 to 28. Um, I think we may need Adam to make one for us. Oh, so you think we might need Adam to win one, to win the game? Yeah. Well, I do not think that that it is going to be as high scoring. I do think the the big plays to OJ sure. um, are not going to be there. Um, but I do think that we are going to be able to control the ball. And I think our – okay, I think that we – our game plan is going to be to keep them off the field and they're going to have the ball 20 to 25 minutes. They're going to be very successful when they do have the ball, a la Ole Miss. Um, but I just don't think that they're going to have the ball enough to make the big plays. And um, and I think we're going to be able to control the clock with the running game. And so I, I actually think this is going to be – I think this is going to be Bama 34, Clemson 17. Okay, I think that I, I think that we are going to score a touchdown late to kind of to kind of put this game away, and um, I, I don't think this is going to be a nail biter late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that um, I think TV executives would not be very pleased to hear our pronostications for these games. You know, they're not they're probably not pleased with getting a rematch. Uh, two Southern schools, and so the rest of the nation, 
you know, maybe less less excited. So it's a rematch of last season. And uh, if we're saying that the game's not going to be nearly as exciting, uh, sort of big play wise, as it was last year, um, I don't think ESPN wants to hear us say that. No. Now I will say real quick too that you know they didn't have Mike Williams, right? Sure. And they and they didn't have Dion Kane. Yep. And so I think you know, I mean, this is just football, man, but. If we can get to him with four, um, that'll be huge. And, you know, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall in these defensive meetings because I, I wish I knew if Ronnie Harrison was gonna get to was gonna get to shadow Deshaun Watson. Because last year in that championship game, he only rushed for about fifty seven yards. Right. It seemed like he rushed for a lot more, but he only rushed for fifty seven yards. And, you know, just real quick, D would would you like to see a Ronnie Harrison shadowed Deshaun Watson in this ball game. Yeah, I think we do see something like that, and, and it'll be fun to sort of pick that apart from the beginning. You know how we sort of how we sort of match up chess pieces, and and I think we rotate who, uh, you know who we sort of uh, spy him with. I think Ronnie will spy him some. I think uh, uh, Rashad will, will, will spy him some. I think it's going to be interesting how we mix it up. And just real quick, what do you think about these two true freshmen? They're getting a lot of love, the the Dexter Lawrence and and the and the Farrell kid. Do you, do you think we're going to be able to to protect him in the pocket? Yeah, I I do. I do. I I really like uh I really like the line and how they're coming together. I think we are able to. Now I think we move the pocket and I think uh I I think we move uh Jalen uh, hopefully we manage down the number of his just pure runs. But I think we see a lot more rollouts with him, uh, a lot more design rollouts. But, uh, yeah, I think we're able to protect the quarterback. Well, just in general, man, they just had two great defensive ends on this team last year, right? Yeah. And and I just don't think they have the – take nothing away from their players. I just don't think that they're going to bring the same type of pressure – uh, with their front guys that that they did last year. No, I mean they had they had some they had you know some top shelf talent and and they seem to always have that uh, across the defense and you know maybe this year not quite what they've had but uh, uh, you know what they did to Ohio State was impressive and uh, I give them a lot of credit I give Dabo a lot of credit uh, there were a lot of folks uh, and some sometimes it's just the glory of the moment but there are a lot of folks predicting uh, a matchup in this year's title. And, um, you know, at this time, at this time last year, when people were saying the rematch, uh, you know, frankly, uh, I knew that we were going to be down a quarterback and with it, we were losing a lot of defensive linemen last year. And I said, man, if either of these two teams is, comes back, it's Clemson, it's not us. Um, and uh, so I'm excited that it's us and, and uh, uh, as well as them. So, yeah, this will be fun. This is, you know, you'd have to go back and look, you know, when was the last time that uh, two teams – uh, squared off again for the national title. So many times it was the, you know, in the BCS era, they got one and two together uh, before that sort of in the bowl system. So, um, you know, you'd have to get the, re we'd have to get the, the podcast research department out and see when the last time that happened was, but uh, <clears throat> I don't think it's been recently. No, I don't, I don't think it has. And, and I, I will say that in that Ohio state game, I just didn't see much creativity from their offensive, you know, game plan. Right. Right. And um, I don't think they really tried to run the ball at Clemson. We, we just we better pound them and, and 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 not give up on the run. 
And so with, with the change in the offensive coordinator, it'll be interesting to see what the, the run pass distribution is in this ball game. Um, but I, but I hope that we, I think we can run on them and I hope that we, I hope that we give it enough effort to, to, to make that happen. Yeah, I think we will. You know, I think that, uh, you know, when we come back and talk about this game, I hope that we're underscoring that this that this game has been the the breakout for Bo. And, uh, you know, if he racks up 150 yards, you know, maybe 20, 23 carries, that uh, that, that might be – you talk about time of possession and uh, controlling, the, controlling the game with the run, that may be the recipe. And uh, I think it's out there. I think it's out there for him to get. No, absolutely, man. It's going to be a fun trip. Uh, I know we are looking forward to uh, going and checking it out live, and and we'll be looking forward to uh, reporting back to you guys after the ball game. Absolutely. Hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earned from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.